Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to On the Ball with Rick Buecher. Here's your host. Let's send it over to Rick Buecher. Rick Buecher. This is On the Ball on the United Wecast Network, and I am Rick Buecher. You can see me on FS1, hear me on Fox Sports Radio, and you can now read me on the Fox Sports app and foxsports.com. You can also follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at Rick Buecher. I'm a lot of places. But there's only one place you can hear me talking about story angles and perspectives that you are not likely to find anywhere else, primarily but not exclusively involving the NBA. And that is here. So, I obviously didn't go on vacation, as I had planned and announced on one of my podcasts last week. Because as much as I love and appreciate all of you, I'm not planning to take you all with me on my surf trip to Mexico. I suppose I could give you updates on how the waves are and the ceviche and the general ambiance of where I am, but that would mean lugging the equipment down with me. And again, as much as I love and appreciate all of you, I'm not inclined to do that. As many of you noticed, I put some time into these podcast episodes. I don't just turn on the mic and rant for 15 to 20 minutes. And as much as I know I am going to miss doing these for a week, and I'm not kidding about that, I know that I will come back far more refreshed if I force myself to completely disconnect for a week or at least completely refrain from composing anything than if I still keep an iron in the fire. I'm sure I'll be following results and news and I may even watch a game or three, but I don't intend to do more than that. I don't intend to do more than that. Uh, Trust me, it's not easy to unplug, especially during the season, but it's been about two years since I did this dramatically for a full week, and so I feel that I need it. I'm also expecting that I'm going to need it after the week I have in front of me. Aside from doing my usual story or two for the Fox Sports app and this podcast, I will be co-hosting Speak for Yourself the entire week with Joy Taylor. No Marcellus Wiley, no Emmanuel Acho, Joy and me, and I would imagine an array of guests. Both Mark Schlereth and TJ Hushmanzada will be joining us. So it's going to be, certainly today was a big NFL show, and I would expect that it will continue to be. But all that means extra work 
for yours truly. I know that I can discuss the NFL with the best of them, having once upon a time, way back in the day, covered the NFL as a writer before making my bones in the NBA. And I returned to discussing the NFL and college football when I had a Sirius XM radio show. But I'm not just interested in holding my own. I want, to, I want my argument or perspective to get my NFL colleagues nodding their heads in agreement or concession if they at first came out with a different take. I was able to do that with both Schlereth and Hushmanzada today on at least one topic. So I'm claiming victory or success for today's show. We'll see how go tomorrow goes. I also I want to start the new year on a positive tone. So while I promise to dive into Kyrie Irving's return to the Brooklyn Nets as a part-time player, and I know at some point I need to speak on the situation with the Houston Rockets and Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood, I'm going to focus instead on what's happening with the Chicago Bulls. Because something special is happening with the Chicago Bulls. As of right now, uh, at least when I started this podcast, they led the Eastern Conference with a record of 24-10. and 10. One game ahead of the Nets and the Milwaukee Bucks. That was as of Monday morning. They've reached that perch by winning seven games in a row. The last two on the road on consecutive nights with game-winning, buzzer-beating three-pointers by DeMar DeRozan over the Indiana Pacers and Washington Wizards. Now, for those who may not be aware, three-pointers are not DeRozan's strength, or at least they haven't been. His career three-point shooting percentage is 28%. Now, that hasn't kept him from being a quality player, in part because he has averaged over his career only taking one-and-a-half three-pointers a game. He's the king of the mid-range, and he doesn't try to do what he's not able to, or at least hasn't for the better part of his career. And this year hasn't been that different. He's only averaging slightly over two a game. That's not close to his career high of three and a half his last year in Toronto, which I suspect is one reason the Raptors didn't think twice about flipping him for Kawhi Leonard, because he was that season trying to prove he was something he was not at the time. He is shooting at the moment, by the way, 37% this season from threes. Uh, it's a huge step up from where he's ever been in his career. And this is what is particularly amazing about the shots he made against the Pacers and Wizards in particular, and his three-point shooting this season in general. The game-winning shot against the Pacers was a one-footed launch from roughly 27 feet. It was one of three three-pointers he took in the game and the only one he made. He got the ball with about 12 seconds left on the opposite baseline. So there was time for him. Bulls didn't have any timeouts. There was time for him to go to his specialty, the mid-range jumper, to get inside the arc. And with the Pacers only leading by one, that's all the Bulls needed to win the game. But DeRozan, seemingly unfazed by this being a do-or-die shot or situation, worked off a screen by Nikola Vucevic, which didn't achieve the desired result. It Momentarily, they got a switch of DeMontis Sabonis, 
uh, instead of Tory Craig on DeRozan. And then DeRozan kind of casually didn't attack right away, so the Pacers had the opportunity to switch back, which they did. And then DeRozan continued in his casual, I'm just in the park and you know what the hell, I'm just going to launch this. He dribbled right, took a what essentially is a th- running three-pointer that hit nothing but net. The shot against the Wizards was even gutsier. It was his only three-point attempt of the night. And down by two, they needed a three in this situation. And they were down by two thanks to a Kyle Kuzma three-pointer. And so after a Bulls timeout, DeRozan took the inbound pass from the left hash mark. Kobe White inbounded it from the left hash mark. DeRozan came over, caught it on the left wing, so practically in front of Kobe White, and then drove to the left corner with Corey Kispert and Bradley Beal chasing him. DeRozan stopped, pump faked to get Kispert to fly by him, at which point Beal then closed even harder to DeRozan's shooting shoulder. But DeRozan let it fly, was not the least bit influenced by Beal being right there, and hit nothing but net at the buzzer. Now, all of that is not what makes these Bulls special. It's not the only thing that makes them special. It is great to see DeRozan's confidence bursting through the roof. It certainly helps. But what caught my attention was everything that led up to that final shot uh, against the Wizards in particular. Let's start with the fact that they trailed the entire game, taking their first lead in the final two minutes. They appeared to be then dead in the water when Kuzma, showing that his confidence has grown by leaps and bounds as well, buried a three from 29 feet with four seconds left. And this, after missing his previous one, just 31 seconds earlier. Now, why was Kuz left to play hero? Why wasn't it Bradley Beal? Good question. Glad you asked. Because Zach Levine, after watching Beal score the last of his 27 points, took on the job of being the Beal stopper. The same Levine that was routinely criticized early in his career for being an indifferent and not always focused defender. The undisputed offensive star of this Bulls team, that was Levine, before DeRozan arrived this season as a free agent. And has any of that affected Levine's approach? Not in the least. Levine did a masterful job on Beal. Beal didn't even get a shot off in the final 80 seconds. Now, there are a couple of important points to make about what all this means, or maybe more important, what it doesn't mean. It doesn't mean the Bulls are the best team in the Eastern Conference. It doesn't mean you need to start printing tickets for the Eastern Conference Finals. Neither the win over the Pacers or the Wizards were dominating performances. Let's be real about that. Both of those teams have lost seven of their last ten, and the Pacers are in 13th place in the Eastern Conference. Taking and making game winners in the regular season, moreover, is completely different than the postseason, where DeRozan has historically struggled. And the Bulls, as a whole, have never been four seasons running. 
So they, in effect, are counting on DeRozan to be the guy who leads them. Their defensive rating overall puts them 10th in the league, and their net rating, which is the combination between their offensive and defensive ratings, puts them 7th overall. Now, teams that are title contenders, teams that have even a shot at going to the finals, historically over the last 25 years, excuse me, 20 years, are top 5. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. So the Bulls still have a lot to improve on and develop. And there's nothing happening now that makes me think they're capable of beating the Bucks, Nets, 76ers, or Hawks in a playoff series, even though their seven-game winning streak includes a pair of wins over the Hawks. They lost back-to-back games against the Sixers earlier in the season, and neither one of those was close. Again, it's not so much that these results in the regular season against playoff teams really matters as their level of experience and their ability to lock in and the the rudiments of what makes a really good playoff team. There are a lot of unknowns when it comes to the Bulls. For all of the heroics that DeRozan has had in the last few games, there's still a question, is he your go-to guy? And if he is your go-to guy, can he be the go-to guy that wins playoff series? We've never seen him do that without at least sharing the load with Kyle Lowry, to name one person in particular, uh, DeJounte Murray and uh, LaMarcus Aldridge in, in San Antonio, to name a few others. But all that aside, it's the spirit of this Bulls team that has caught my attention. Not just Levine stepping up to be the defensive stopper with both Alex Caruso, sprained foot, and Lonzo Ball, I believe health and uh, safety protocol, both of those out, both of those guys out. But the way the team has rallied around Vucevic, their big man has struggled a good part of this season, even before he tested positive for COVID, which as a result, he was out for a stretch, came back, had to work on getting into shape. Vucevic is not the most athletic, mobile, speedy guy. And so he has to work really hard being able to play at the pace that the game is played at now. And not playing, there's no way of him being able to maintain that conditioning. Uh, the way the Bulls are playing with two slashers like DeRozan and Levine means that he's going to spend more time out on the perimeter than he normally would. In any case, none of that stopped the Bulls from feeding him over and over again against the Wizards who were trying to defend him with Denny Avija and Kuzma. And Vooch responded with 22 points on 9 of 15 shooting. Nor were there any recriminations when Vooch, in that Wizards game, pulled up on the break and missed a three-pointer with 13 seconds left and the Bulls leading by one. 
Maybe there were recriminations, but they were in the locker room. They were someplace where nobody saw them. Certainly, I didn't see any body language, anything on the floor that would suggest that anybody was upset with him. It was, and it was, there was reason to be upset. Look, it was, I don't know, gutsy, but it was totally, it was a bad decision. (laughs) I'm not going to, I'm not going to dress it up. It was a really bad decision. Up by one, pull up three on the break. No need for that. But as a whole, the Bulls have handled Vooch as a good team should, knowing they're going to need him to make noise this season in the playoffs. And it seems like a simple, natural thing to do, right? Pick up a teammate. Pick up a guy that's a big part of your team. But teams that are as new to this kind of success as the Bulls are don't always operate that way. This is a business. And there are guys that have their various agendas. They want to prove something. Zach Levine wants to prove something. DeMar DeRozan wants to prove something. Kobe White wants to prove something. You can go down the list. Lonzo Ball, Alex Caruso, they all have something to prove. And the trick is finding a way to convince everybody that they can prove what they want to, but they can do it collectively. They can all take the step forward that they're looking for. But it has to be shaped around the team first. What is best for the team first in the end? And as I said, teams that haven't had this kind of success don't always know exactly how to go about that or the value of doing it. But the Bulls have stuck by Vooch, and that is a really good sign that their team chemistry is on point for all of his struggles. For all of his decisions, they stuck by him. They are collectively making sacrifices for the greater good of the team. And that, ultimately, is going to allow them to be as good as they're capable of being. Now, what exactly that is, we'll have to wait and see when April rolls around. Before I go on, I want to mention my sponsor, Mizzen and Maine, Men's Apparel made out of sportswear material. If you've seen me on TV, and I'm going to put a couple of my new shirts out on Instagram, uh, then you've seen me in a Mizzen and Main shirt. They do not feel like dress shirts. They are so comfortable. They feel like my workout gear, to be honest with you, except they have a collar, and they look sweet, and I can wear them with a tie. What I really love is I got a pair of their joggers. Um, I've gotten into to wearing joggers. I've got them from a variety of brands. Mizzen and Mains, by far the best design, best material, best fit, pockets, the button rear pocket, the whole deal. Really love them. So I want to do you a favor. If you, for some reason, didn't get what you wanted for Christmas, treat yourself. Get something from mizzenandmain.com, M-I-Z-Z-E-N-A-N-D-M-A-I-N.com, and use the promo code Buker. my last name, 35, that's Buker 35 and they will give you $35 off whatever your purchase may be. You also get free shipping. So, I want to make your holidays a little brighter, and if it happens, we don't always get what we want. Find something at Miz and Main that you want, and I guarantee you will, and use my code to give yourself $35 off. All right. One last observation I want to make, because I see and hear a lot of grumbling from Lakers fans 
about what DeRozan and Kuzma are doing this season. Grumbling inspired by the fact that Kuzma was traded to the Wizards as part of the package for Russell Westbrook, and DeRozan expressed an interest in joining the Lakers in free agency. They couldn't have signed him outright, but they could have potentially made a sign-and-trade deal for him. Potentially. Here's the reality, though. It's not likely that DeRozan would be doing what he's doing if he were in a Lakers uniform. Being spurned by the Lakers and embraced by the Bulls is, in part, why you're seeing this version of DeRozan. They've made him their go-to guy since the start of the season. And for the first time, he's being embraced. He's being told, you're our guy. We want you to be our guy. He was traded to San Antonio. He didn't have a choice in that. He got his heart broken by Toronto when they decided to make that move. So this is the first time. And then the Lakers. Ah, thanks, thanks, Demar, but uh, we're going to keep shopping. So what Chicago did for him, the faith and belief that they showed in him, man, you can't put a price on that. At least sometimes it doesn't work out, but the value, clearly the value to DeRozan has made a difference. They've made him their go-to guy since the start of the season. And as I mentioned, they had Zach Levine already in place, who was doing a pretty good damn job of that. All-star level job. They've also looked at DeRozan to be a leader. The leader, in essence. Which, again, for all of the innuendo and talk coming out of Toronto and then being sent away or shunned by the Lakers, makes a difference. And... That whole leadership deal, it simply wouldn't happen if he were playing with LeBron James. And that is not an indictment of James. I sincerely mean that. But when you play with LeBron, it's all about LeBron. And it's all about playing off and around LeBron. As it should be. He's earned that. And for the most part, it's the way you're going to have the most success. But you have to be a certain kind of player and you have to play a certain kind of role for it to work that way. Now, opportunities with LeBron come by reading what he's going to do or wants to do, and that would put DeRozan in a completely different role. And the same goes for Kuz. You've seen Kuz in that role. Now, he is arguably the number two option for the Wizards after Bradley Beal. He wouldn't be that with the Lakers. He wasn't that with the Lakers. There's then there's the pressure of playing for the Lakers as a whole, which is completely different than playing for this never-done-anything-lately Bulls or the 500 Wizards. Kuzma is not producing much more than he did last year with the Lakers. In fact, here's the difference in attention. And I just got this. A scout tweet, uh, texted me, was asking me you know, my thoughts about Westbrook. Russell Westbrook and what he's doing and the latest Russell saying, you know, missing shots or turning the ball over, that's just part of my game. And he's right. And as I said in a previous episode, he's he he's basically the same player he's been. The difference, the biggest difference is that he's playing with LeBron James. He's playing in LA. He's playing for the Lakers. He's never had this much attention before. No one has ever paid attention to him and his game on a nightly basis. So 
people weren't fully aware of exactly what it was and what it looked like. The fourth element is he was supposed to make the Lakers win. He was supposed to make them a winner. And they are not winning. Now, again, as I've said previously, I don't put all of that on Russell. Maybe partly, but certainly there are other factors for why the Lakers are barely over 500. But that wasn't the narrative when Westbrook showed up. So he's taking all of the heat. But in reality, he's really not any different than he was someplace else. And Kuz, in many ways, is not producing much more than he did last year with the Lakers. The difference is that he has started every game and is getting a chance to play predominantly at the power positions, where he has an athletic advantage most nights. Now, the Wizards are not a very good defensive team, and Kuz has not been any better defensively than he was a year ago. It's just there isn't much as much attention paid to that end of the floor when you're playing for the Wizards. There's not that much attention paid to the Wizards in general compared to what he was getting, the scrutiny that he was getting with the Lakers. But all said and done, he is getting consistent minutes in a consistent role, and that has produced a comfort level that has him second-guessing himself a lot less than he did with the Lakers after LeBron arrived and the stakes were raised. Now, I'll give you a perfect example. The Bulls game. 31 seconds left. He shoots a three. He misses. Uh, Excuse me, 35 seconds left when he took the shot. Four seconds left. He shoots another three. No hesitation. No thought. I should be swinging it. Somebody else is going to take it. Does LeBron want it? Does no. And Bradley Beal's not that kind of player where he's demanding the ball in that situation. All of that changes if you're playing with the Lakers. It's uh, okay, I missed a shot. Is LeBron going to give it back to me? Should I shoot it? Uh, I need to get it back to LeBron or AD or somebody else. He's not worrying about any of that. He's just letting it fly. Make a mistake, keep playing. Next one's going to go down. So, look, in the big picture, I'm not defending the Lakers for trading Kuzma. He was a talent worth developing. But, and Lakers fans, you don't get to say the same because you ran him out of town. You wanted him gone uh, and you let him know about it. You can't backtrack now and say, oh, we shouldn't have got rid of Kuz. Uh -uh. You were on board that wagon. So, in any case, you were going to have to grow up with him. And that's not where the Lakers are. And it's not where they've been since LeBron came to town. And again, that's not an indictment of LeBron. It's what any team would do if they had LeBron. Find talent that gives them the best chance of winning now. As I explained in a previous podcast also, it's why they didn't go after DeRozan. He's getting almost 20 shots a game with the Bulls. You know how many Lakers are averaging that many shots? Only one. LeBron. AD is next at 18. Do you think DeRozan would be getting more shots than AD if healthy? If AD was healthy? You would think wrong. Kuzma is averaging a dozen shots a night. Would he be getting that many if he and DeRozan were both with the Lakers with AD? 
and with LeBron, LeBron going after the scoring title, it would appear, appear. Is is that what Lakers fans are imagining? No. Would would Kuzma be playing one of the power positions? <clears throat> not with LeBron playing his best basketball at center. So let's not imagine or pretend that the Lakers would be getting this DeRozan or Kuzma if they were in purple and gold. Roles and responsibilities and opportunities and expectations, they all matter. And all those things would be far different if those two were in L.A. All right, that does it for this extended episode of On the Ball on the United Wecast Network. Please rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. In the next episode, got a lot to choose from. Could be the Kyrie Irving situation. Could be Rajon Rondo going to Cleveland. Could be the Houston situation. I've got to do a little homework between now and then to figure out which one of those I want to dive into next. But dive into it, we will. I'm also considering that rather than making empty promises, that I may go to three times a week rather than on a daily basis. I'm going to toy with that. Schedule is getting crowded, and I want to be consistent in what I send out or give out, and I haven't been that of late. So whatever it is, whether it's every day or whether it's three days a week, uh, I want to make sure that uh, we get into a routine because I know you like routine. Or at least that's the impression that I get. In any case, until the next time, thanks for listening. are on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.